0: Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. China's high-speed rail technology was supposed to be an export blazing a trail for the country's massive One Belt, One Road project. But James King says the vision of winning allies and opening markets has encountered setbacks. Beijing is finding that what works in China does not necessarily succeed elsewhere. And for some countries, the price is too high, says James. When Li Keqiang, China's premier, took 16 European leaders on a high-speed train ride in 2015, the trip revealed more than an enthusiasm for rolling stock. It was also Beijing's big sell for an engineering technology that it hoped would spearhead the launch of a grand geostrategic ambition. China's ability to build high-speed railways more cheaply than competitors gave the technology a central place in one belt, one road, also known as Obo, Beijing's ambitious scheme to win diplomatic allies and open markets among over 65 countries between Asia and Europe by funding and building infrastructure. Premier Li left his Central and Eastern European guests in no doubt of the link between smooth diplomatic relations and securing Chinese infrastructure. As their train hit 300 kilometres per hour, he told them Beijing was ready to share its rail technology, since ties with the region were like a train that is not only fast but also comfortable and safe, according to an official account of the trip. He also predicted that railway technology would become China's golden business card. But less than two years after these hopeful words were spoken, a Financial Times investigation has found that China's high-speed rail ambitions are running off the tracks. Far from blazing a trail for Obor, several of the projects have been abandoned or postponed. Other rail projects that are underway have stoked official suspicion, public animosity and mountains of debt in countries that Beijing had hoped to woo. Agatha Kratz, an expert on high-speed rail at the European Council on Foreign Relations, a think tank, says, In the early days of Obo, China put a lot of emphasis on high-speed rail and mentioned it at almost every overseas state visit advertising it as a strategic export along with nuclear power. But the effectiveness of high-speed rail diplomacy is actually very low, which is something that the Chinese leaders are slowly realising. Xi Jinping, China's president, has called Obo his project of the century. Yet the tribulations that Chinese high-speed rail projects have encountered overseas may suggest a challenge to the intellectual foundations of the whole Obor vision. So different is China, with its huge population, authoritarian system and ample debt capacity, that what works in the People's Republic may be quite unsuited to many of the countries that China plans to build railroads in. In terms of scale, the rail push ranks as one of the biggest infrastructure undertakings in history. The total estimated value of 18 Chinese high-speed rail projects overseas, including one completed, five underway and 12 more announced, Amounts to 143 billion US dollars, according to a study from the Center for Strategic and International Studies, a Washington based think tank, in cooperation with the Financial Times. To put this number in context, the US led Marshall Plan, which helped revive Europe after the Second World War, was completed with 13 billion US dollars in American donations a sum which is equivalent to $130 billion today. But the size of China's grand design has made its many shortcomings all the more eye-catching. A high rate of attrition has meant that for each of the five projects currently classed as underway, another has been cancelled or mothballed. The combined value of the cancelled and discontinued projects in Libya, Mexico, Myanmar... The U.S. and Venezuela is 47.5 billion dollars, according to FT estimates. This exceeds the 24.9 billion. US. dollars total value of the five projects underway in Laos, Saudi Arabia, Turkey and Iran, according to CSIS estimates. To be sure, some of the cancellations have resulted from factors well beyond China's control. In Libya, for instance, an outbreak of war in 2011 put paid to a 2.6 billion US dollar project to build a line from Tripoli to Sirte, hometown of the late dictator Gaddafi. But in other cases, the projects appear to have unraveled amid criticisms of China's approach. Mexico's 2014 decision to nix a 3.6 billion dollar contract was made to ensure absolute clarity, legitimacy and transparency, according to Mexico's Transport Minister Gerardo Ruiz Espaza. In the US, Express West's decision last year to pull the plug on a Los Angeles to Las Vegas line with China Railway International was partly based on the Chinese company's Difficulties associated with timely performance, Express where said in a statement. In the case of Venezuela, a project once touted by the late strongman president Hugo Chavez as bringing socialism on rails to the Latin American nation has now become what locals call a red elephant, a dilapidated and vandalised line of stations and tracks that peter out in the pampas. Miss Kratz says... China is hitting an implementation wall in its efforts to promote high-speed rail abroad. But why do so many rail projects backed by China's unrivaled financing power, huge construction companies and advanced technology fall by the wayside? The answers reveal much about the limitations of Beijing's global development vision. Three high-profile projects investigated by the FT one in Laos, one in Indonesia and one between Serbia and Hungary, reveal shortcomings and mismatches that threaten to hobble China's power projection not only in these countries but also elsewhere. The first issue lies in vastly divergent capacities to take on and absorb debt. China's economic heft and authoritarian system allows companies that enjoy effective government guarantees to load up on loans and operate at a perennial loss. The books of China Railway Corporation, the state-owned rail operator and investor in the country's high-speed rail networks, reveal this propensity to a startling degree. CRC, as it's called, owes some 3.8 trillion renminbi, that's nearly 560 billion US dollars, which is much more than the national debt of a country such as Greece. This is partly because much of the 22,000 kilometres of China's high-speed rail network runs at a loss, officials said. Yu Wei-Ping, vice president of CRRC, China's high-speed rail rolling stock manufacturer agrees that the question of profitability for high-speed rail projects was a valid one. But he says figures announced by the China Railway Corporation in 2015 demonstrated that profitability had been achieved on six lines, adding, this shows that the choice of high-speed rail for China has been correct. A country the size of China with its strong sovereign credit rating and three trillion US dollars in foreign exchange reserves can support a hefty debt load. But Laos, with a GDP of 12.3 billion US dollars in 2015, or 45 times smaller than CRC's debt, is much less able to absorb the cost of a high-speed railway that has been slated to cost 5.8 billion dollars, or just shy of half of the country's GDP. The 417-kilometre line under construction in Laos runs from the Chinese border to Vientiane, the capital. Even before it was formally agreed, doubts were expressed. In 2013, the Asian Development Bank called the project's proposals unaffordable. The World Bank in the same year urged a careful review of implications for debt sustainability. A Chinese feasibility study sent to Vientiane in 2012 and obtained by the FT estimated that the railway would generate an internal financial rate of return of just 4.6%. Such a slim margin meant that Chinese rail companies were reluctant to invest in the project, according to a report made to the Laos Parliament by Somsavat Langsavad, then the Deputy Prime Minister. Critics of the railway say that China has furthered its aims at the expense of Laos. They note that the railway forms a crucial link in the grand plan to build a high-speed link from the southwestern Chinese city of Kunming through Thailand and Malaysia to Singapore. Murray Hebert, Southeast Asia expert at CSIS, says... The high-speed railway through Laos makes little economic sense. China's goal is clearly to find a land route to move goods from western China to mainland Southeast Asia. But with Laos's small population and economy, little of this trade would stay in Laos, and Laos would ship very little to China on the railway. Stephen Groff, a vice president of the Asian Development Bank, makes a similar point. He says, The real beneficiaries of those investments are especially at either end. Along the way, there are a lot of poor communities that don't see the immediate benefit of those investments. If there is little economic benefit to the country, they should be demanding significantly better terms. In the case of Indonesia, the mismatch is not so much one of debt capacities than of political systems. China's authoritarian system ensures that its state-owned rail companies face few obstacles securing land and construction permits in their home market. But Indonesia is a vibrant democracy with strong land tenure laws – more than a year after an official groundbreaking ceremony for the 5.5 billion US dollar Jakarta to Bandung line was held in 2016, construction has yet to start in earnest because of a failure to buy up land across which the tracks are set to run, officials said. In the meantime, Jakarta is recalculating the cost of the 145 kilometer project among expectations of considerable overruns, officials have said. But a senior Indonesian government official who declines to be identified by name says Joko Widodo, Indonesia's president, is committed to the project's implementation. The official says, We told the Chinese that our fates are bound together on this. If they can't get it going, they'll damage their reputation in many countries where they want to invest. For our president, if he can't show good progress on this by the election in 2019, it will be very bad too. But as the delays drag on, the Chinese contractors find themselves in an unfamiliar court of negative public opinion, which has been compounded by broader suspicions over Chinese investment. According to Gong Xue, an analyst at the Rajaratnam School of International Studies in Singapore. She says that Chinese state-owned companies built on backroom deals with government officials are not used to the levels of political unpredictability that they have encountered in Indonesia. And she asks, To what extent are they open to the public in a country where public opinion may influence the fate of investment? In Europe, the high-speed rail technology that Premier Li lionised during his 2015 train ride has hit the administrative buffers. Far from bearing out Mr Li's prediction that it would showcase what he called China's advantageous production capacity, advanced technology and high cost performance, the inaugural Chinese high-speed rail project in Europe has stoked official suspicion. The European Commission has launched an investigation into the 350 kilometer high speed rail that is slated to run between Serbia's capital, Belgrade, and Budapest in Hungary, European officials tell the FT. The investigation was assessing the financial viability of the 2.9 billion US dollar railway and looking into whether it had violated European Union laws stipulating that public tenders must be offered for large transport projects, the officials said. The investigation's findings are not yet available, but any administrative setback for the Serbia-Hungary line would resonate beyond the initiative itself the project was touted as evidence of the benefits that a broad diplomatic engagement with China can bring.